Welcome and thank you for taking the time to listen to the Word of God released through Randolph Barnwell. Randolph is the founder and senior elder of Gate Ministries Durban Central. Be encouraged to access free additional resources for your edification at randolphbarnwell.com. Great grace, peace and mercy from Christ be multiplied to you as you listen to this teaching. If you can see accurately, your behavior will change. If you can see accurately, your priorities will change. You do the things you do because your sight is completely different to the person that is blind. If you cannot see what I see, you will not do what I do and will not prioritize what I prioritize. The person of faith has a different view of things. And you know, you function behaviorally in life based upon your perception. If your perception alters, behavior changes. Right? You can never ever change a person's behavior outside of changing their perception. If their view of things or of reality alters, then priorities and behaviors can alter. Amen. So Paul said, open. I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. And so I really pray our eyes would be open. I'm in a straight now betwixt two. I'm using old King James language. Paul says, I'm in a straight betwixt two. Right? I don't know where to go, what to do. And well, contextually, he says, um, I want to go to be with the Lord. I want and to be absent from this body. If I die, I will be present with the Lord. But then he says, that's the one option. And the other option is, but I want to stay alive. And he says, because that will be more beneficial for you. The people I'm writing to. But he says, if I had my way, I would rather be with the Lord. But he says, so, I mean, this tension between a desire to depart and be with him face to face and to stay on this planet because of my love for you and the benefit that you would derive from my person. Amen. We must realize the value of relating to people and what benefit it brings to you. If you have a spiritual father that is worth following, value that and treasure that with all of your heart. It's beneficial for, for you. So I'm in a straight between ministering on that um, and doing what I, I thought the Lord directed me clearly to do. So let me do that first. And if time permits, I will do this. Is that a good deal? Okay. I've got a message here on um, the accessing of grace through, through apostolic pronouncement via salutation or valediction. And I'll explain that when we, when we deal with that. There's a place for that that not too many people understand. But if we get there, we'll get there. But I want some of the guys, can I have at least four people just to help me give this out? While praying in the week, um, this week has been an extraordinarily prayerful week for me. Amidst attending meetings, I found myself studying less, praying more. I love to study the word of the Lord, as you know, and then really get into it. And there's always a place for that. You must always be a good uh, reader and a studier, if you would, of God's Word. But you must also give good time to praying. You can't do one without the, one without the other. But I always pray and study. But this week, um, um, and I raise my witness, I would pray incessantly, even pray aloudly even while we're sleeping. 
and uh, as we doze off, I'm still praying, talking to the Lord, and I'm waking up, and I think about four days this week, I was awoken from 3 a.m. onwards, 3, 4 a.m., and just praying, and I would do, at one point, I went out, it was a beautiful morning, stars were still out, I was walking around my pool, it was extremely hot, I had my shirt off, okay, there's no one to see, right, <laughs> and so I'm I'm walking, my hands are lifted, I'm looking to the stars, I think, God, you know, this is so wonderful to talk to you. Praise conversations with God. It's conversing with, with your Father. And I want to encourage you, don't neglect that, because you be, your spirit man becomes so enriched. Amidst things like physical fatigue, um, maybe mental strain concerning things, but if your spirit is buoyant, your spirit can, over, can cause you to bear anything negative you're dealing with in the area of your soul and or your body. But if your spirit man is not strong, you don't have the wherewithal to bear much within the, the realm of the soul and the body. Okay, The book of Proverbs says, an infirmed spirit who can bear. Right? If your spirit is infirmed, there's no strength you have internally within you. So we must keep strong where? In our spirit man. right? Because it's from the vantage point of spirit life that you're able to command your world externally. But if your spirit is poor, if your spirit is weak, you are totally at a disadvantage and are completely vulnerable to things in life that are intended to discourage you and assail you. Okay, so I want to encourage you to pray and to pray often, to pray hard, right? Especially when you don't feel like praying, that's the best time to just push through and simply pray, okay? The Bible says we must pray without ceasing. And I keep uh, uh, quoting that psalm where David said, when you said, seek my face, my heart said, your face, O Lord, will I, will I seek? So you must respond to the promptings of the Lord Every time, every time we, we pray. Use whatever means you have to, but pray. If you're getting into prayerlessness, you're in trouble already. If you're neglecting prayer and not praying, not physically praying. I know we can pray 24-7 where we pray perpetually. Our spirit man is in conversation 24 hours with God. But that does not negate the necessity for concerted times of actually praying. Actually praying. Okay. So are you going to pray more? Remember, prayerlessness, we discussed, is an expression of pride. But when we pray, we're saying, I can't make it without you. I need you. I depend on you. Today is going to be an assessment, all right? True to my nature as a teacher, you can't just teach all the time. Yeah. Every teacher must stop and assess what has been done, what has been taught, and also assess the degree to which the things have been learned or imbibed, Okay. So ask your neighbor, have you prepared for this test? This is, this is simply a checklist by way of reminder. And the Lord, I really felt the Lord's directive in doing this. The Lord said to me that we must ensure that we've mastered certain things before we go on. There's a host of other issues that we are still yet to decode in terms of the grace of God. But I'm not going to obviously, this, this represents... Um, the whole of last year up to the present. The whole of last year up to the present. So I don't want to obviously go through everything here. It'll take literally a whole year's worth of preaching. But these are just pointers.
I want to do this seriously. So church, as we do this, check your own heart. Yes? Just say, yes, Lord, am I still struggling in that area? Uh, what about that one? Th this area I need to work on. And let me just say this, myself also, as I reviewed the list, I said to myself, wow, that area must really strengthen a bit. Th this area, wow, I'm really excelling here, but I'm wanting in, the, in another area. Okay. Now, there are various ways in the Bible to access the grace of God. Various ways. But number one, and please follow with me. Don't read on ahead in the list. And so I'm going to go very quickly. So you're going to check your heart very quickly. Okay. Watch. The first one is connection to relevant apostolic grace. Now let me, I'm going to contextualize this to our locality and make it applicable to where we are as a congregation. This congregation is connected to relevant apostolic grace. Vested in the person of Pastor Tom and I do, our patriarchal father in the Lord. And also other personnel and apostles like Dr. Sigi Governor and others in the city. There are even other apostolic streams outside of our known circle to whom we relate and from whom we derive ministry from that enrich us in every way. All of you should put a tick there, but only put a tick there if in your heart you fully assimilate and, and embrace the grace that flows from these individuals. Who wants your quantum and quality of grace to increase? Yes? You want your grace to increase? Come on, I need to see your hands. Yes? You know, we need to be serious. If you're serious about grace increase, this first point is very important. You need to be far more serious about the degree to which you engage that level of grace that flows from authentic apostles via and in and through this house to you. Okay? And I won't go to the various models. We did an extensive teaching on this. There are various models in the Bible that teach this principle. But we are connected. Tell someone we are connected. There is therefore no excuse for someone to be deficient in apostolic grace. I don't know of any other congregation that makes resource available to its people like this congregation. Uh, most times people say, yeah, it is, come search for it. I say to you, yeah, it is, here's the link. Right? You don't have to do literally anything to find the treasure. It's found for you and brought to you. And maybe there's demerit in that. Maybe people value less when it's made too easy. I remember searching when I first encountered this word. We searched. There was a passion. We would go to conferences. Can I ask you, church? Come on, this is assessment time. Can I beg of you, implore you? Prioritize to a greater degree your, 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 the way in which you access apostolic grace. It comes through doctrine vested through authentic apostles to you. There is grace there that sometimes misses you because you're not plugging in. Okay? You're not plugging in. Secondly, spiritual fathering. Spiritual fathering is the most ideal conduit in and through which the grace of God will flow. Grace is available everywhere. Grace is available everywhere. But it's most powerfully transmitted within a particular construct called Father and Son. You can get grace everywhere. Please hear me. Grace is available everywhere, but its most, its most powerful quantum of impartation is only available within a particular economy called a spiritual father and a spiritual son. In that relationship, uh, the most profound expressions of the grace of God will be available to, to you. I would be all the more poorer 
if I did not engage my spiritual father to the degree that I do. The grace I carry is only mine because of how I pursue my spiritual father. And please remember this. It's not just good to say, well, I have one. His name is Randolph Barnwell. Right? You've got to fulfill all the principles attendant with that relationship. And there are many. For example, the one I just mentioned now is pursue. Everyone say pursue. So a father, biblically, a father never should pursue a son, but a son should pursue a, a father. It was Elisha who did not let Elijah out of his, out of his sight. He pursued. So everyone say, pursue more. Huh? Pursue more. Uh, more than anything, you must pursue the doctrine, what we teach. What we, what we teach, okay? What we teach must be pursued. So I would urge you, every time you hear a message here, um, hear it with understanding and hear it with seriousness. But hear it again via the website and via the, the CDs there, okay? I listened to Favor Part 1 this week. In my car. Favor? Part one. There's now favor part two. Um, we worked. I worked hard Thursday and after this faith conference, Thursday and Friday, in my office to get that second CD ready for, for you. Now tell your neighbor, this is for you. I want to stress this. This is for you. It needn't be done, but I realize, let me ask you a question, church. How does grace flow predominantly? How does grace come to you? Via how? Via the? Come on, let me say via the word. You're going to get as much grace as word you get. Nothing more, nothing less. The more you expose to the word is the measure of grace that will come to you. And I can't explain it, but I even listen to myself several times over and I'm blessed by the word of the Lord. Okay? I listen to Pastor Thamo and other, and other apostles in, in the week so that I can get the, the word in. Right? The more word I get, guess what? The more grace. Right? The more word, the more grace you receive. Please also, that does not negate your private reading of the word of the Lord. Everyone, apart from listening to what I teach, if I am your spiritual father, all of you should be reading the Bible for yourself. Yeah? You should have a regular pattern of Bible reading. More grace. Okay? So I want to encourage you... Um, Spiritual fathering is a key thing. Now remember in brackets there under point two, depends on the degree to which your heart is togged. Remember togged? Turned, open, and, and given. So I want to encourage you. What is the state of your heart, church, presently in reference to somebody that you claim is fathering you? Is your heart fully turned? Uh, John says, I heard a voice, and I turn to see the voice is your heart fully turned? Paul said to the Corinthians, my heart is not restrained towards you. But he says, but you are restrained in your own hearts. And he says, therefore in like manner, I command thee, be he open to me. Right? Be open to me. And I sense some of your hearts have been open and there's closing and open to measures of your, the state of your soul. You're having a bad day or you're offended about something, therefore you close up. The moment you do that, you know what you're doing? You're limiting the grace of God that should come to you. Pastor Thamo taught us a very key lesson. He said this to us at one stage at a son's meeting. He said, if there's an ounce of bitterness in your heart towards me as your father, you will get no grace. And it's not just 
You see, not, not, not much. An ounce is niggy, 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 right? Small thought. You must ask Rene how strong I am that we do not even entertain an iota of a negative thought. It never enters here. You don't go there. You don't entertain an iota of a negative thought concerning those that God has put over you. Right? The Bible says you must honor them in the Lord. Scripture also says if they have weaknesses, you cover. You don't expose. This is a key. Tell your neighbor, he's giving us keys. These things are not hard. You know, I've been, la I've been laboring before the Lord. I said, Lord, we've labored. I've taught this thing with all of my heart and soul. Why isn't the people full of grace? Huh? People have got to take responsibility. God is not a liar. His word doesn't lie. If you're hearing his word and you're not seeing the fruit, something's definitely wrong with you. What? The mats are not so. It's not easy to, it's not no, no big deal. Come on, is God's word true? Does he lie? Can his word fail? Then I must check my own heart. And I have found offense, bitterness are grace killers. Grace killers. Okay? So we don't go there. Okay, I'm going to rush through. It seems like I'm preaching on everyone now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this right, we're never going to finish, right? Listen carefully. But can you hear? I, I'm going to give, I'll go over one or two. Obviously, time won't permit for everything. But the, the, the motivation for this list is that you can go through it privately and say, God, my spiritual father, Randolph, has taught this for one and a half, almost one and a half years now. All these principles. Grace and favor should be in my life now in an abundant measure. If this word is true, if this thing works, maybe the problem is with me. Maybe I need to check my, do an assessment, do a stock take, and check where I am. I, I shared that, that word on the, on the church WhatsApp group, even on Facebook, uh, to this effect that two months of 2017 have come and gone. And time she waited for no man. Right? Not counting December because December is a relatively slow month. There are only nine months of the year left, with three gone. We said 2017 is a set time of the Lord's favor. And I'm saying, Lord, I don't want to get to October, December, and say, yes, what favor? Look back and say, where's the favor? What favor did Randolph say on the 31st of December 2016 when we met you, remember? We prophesy that this year is going to be a year of unprecedented favor. Let's not wait for November, December, look back and say, where is it? You're going to do, we, myself included, we could all take stock and say, what is the possible limiting or prohibitive factors that are present within my life, in my mind, my, my mentality, my priorities, possibly what is hindering this? Okay. And let's do some introspection, right? We must do some mid-course correction. Mid-course correction is an important principle by which to, to function. Number three, your growth in the knowledge of God. You grow in the knowledge of God through your growth in the Word of God. Right? Uh, Paul, or rather Peter said, multiplied grace be to you in the knowledge of Christ Jesus our Lord. Peter also said, but grow in grace and in the Knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
obviously, when you grow in knowledge and you experientially, subjectively, as that grows by the word of the Lord, so too does your grace, allotment, and deposit increase. The word of God generally, you know, I'm so glad we sang songs about the word of the Lord. The Bible must be your best book. The Bible must be your favorite read every single day. The Bible must be your first love. Have you forgotten your first love? Paul said to the Ephesian church. Publicly, I can prove to you, first love is not an emotion. First love is a priority for the word of God. Those same Ephesians, where he says, do the first works from whence you have fallen. If you examine the church of Ephesus, their first works were a devotion to the word of God. We Paul taught them for three years, every single day, night and day, for three solid years. He said, Amplified Bible says, from 10 in the morning to 3 p.m. every day for three years. That's how that church started, devotion to the word. And when Paul writes, or John writes to them in the book of Revelations, he says, you've left your first love. Look and do the first works from whence you have fallen. Go back to the Bible. Tell you never get back to the Bible. Even, even the young people, I know everyone's studying and we're all doing college and there's university and, and school and uh, we're all studying. But I want to encourage you, put the Bible on the top of your pile. There's no way. You know, uh, Babylon is taking up the time of our kids. I'm amazed at how I look at my, our own kids. Uh, homework is so, uh, such a lot. We never had homework like that when we were growing up. It takes up the whole afternoon into the night. Right? I grew up with the chance of attending a midweek Bible study throughout my whole youth into my young adult life. No chance today for our young people. They're, 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 Babylon has gripped them. Right? I'm saying those things I had as a young people, what of this generation? The world is sucking it into its mold. We must be aware of it. Right? And I'm saying at least young people and all of us, including the old, make time for the Bible. Read the word of the Lord. Pour over the scriptures. Just read. Pour over. Read, read, and reread. Six, emulating the conduct and behavior of one's spiritual father. Paul said to Timothy very clearly, the things you have learned and you have seen in me do. Right? In me do. Paul was very emphatic. Follow me as I follow Christ. Uh, people say, we don't need a man, we'll follow Christ. No, you need a man. As a standard in Christ to whom, or to whom you must follow. I can prove that to you severally from various aspects of the scripture. We'll have time for that now. Right? It's called the corporeal principle. Everything in spirit must manifest in flesh as a standard before people. So we can say to men, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Amen? So I want to encourage you. Follow lifestyle. Paul, uh, the writer of the book of Hebrews says, Remember those who led you and spoke to you the word of God, whose faith follow after considering the, the end of their behavior. You've got to follow someone's faith. Right? Sometimes the best way to get faith, yes, faith does come by hearing. You know, uh, when, when I perceive, my spiritual father has huge faith, right? Crazy faith. The way he does things. It scares me sometimes. But you know what I'm seeing? I say, here's a faith I can follow. It says, remember those who led you and who spoke to you the word of the Lord, whose faith you must follow. 
Bible says concerning Abraham, we must walk in the same steps as our father, Abraham. Tell your neighbor, follow someone's faith. Right? Someone's, follow somebody's faith. Amen? So follow not just doctrine. Follow priorities. Follow lifestyle. Do as I do and get the results that I get. Amen? Seven, supporting and pursuing the purposes of one's spiritual father. Timothy followed Paul's TCP, remember? You have followed my teaching, my conduct, and my purpose. There's a place in the father-son wineskin where the son is not only related to his father based on the accessing of the word he preaches, nor the son pursuing the lifestyle and behavior of his father. The third level is where the son now grabs purpose. You followed my teaching, yes, tick. You followed my conduct, yes, tick. But now you followed my purpose. Let me just say, if you are in part of this congregation and you are joined to us as your oversight, there's a purpose of God attendant with us that you must lock into. It has got to do with affecting the nations of the earth and teaching whole nations. Amen. Hallelujah. God has given us the whole of Central and Eastern Africa. Literally, the whole section. Right? Hallelujah. Great. Amen. Now, honor of spiritual fathers. Uh, Andy alluded to how the spiritual sons at NCF honor Dr. Tryon. It's amazing to see. I think a major key of the success of that ministry is the degree of honor and respect they have for their leader. It is unthinkable. It's amazing. Literally, every time I go there, I take it out, wow, that's a lesson I must learn. Apart from their levels of excellence in how they manage things, how they conduct a typical conference, there's a level of excellence that we must learn from. Remember, Judah, the Judah anointing takes everything Ephraim brings in with it. Ephraim is the charismatic uh, Joshua uh, so-called prosperity anointing. But it's subsumed into Judah. And let me just say this, church, God wants you prosperous. Right? Now, I need to say it again. because That's a good place to say amen. God wants you prosperous. God's going to, I believe it. I've been praying through it. God wants you prosperous. Right? I'm going to teach on, on, on financial issues. I'm just waiting for the green light of the Lord. But let me just say this. You'll see this now. One way in which to, to access grace is through giving. But you cannot give without grace. Giving itself is a reflection that you are grace enriched. So you give because of grace. And as you give, you access more grace. And the moment you start speaking of finances, every religious demon in people starts to rise. And yet, let me just say this to you. I'm growing to this view more and more. If you do not master your money and bring your money under biblical oversight and align it to God's way of doing things, there's a quantum of grace you will never access. You will never access. And so I want to encourage you to give beyond measure. Be faithful with tithes, first fruits, and offerings. Some people are faithful with tithes. Okay, there's some people who are erratic with tithes. You're tithing one month, you're not tithing the next month. That kind of inconsistency must stop, right? It, it must stop immediately. 
If ever you're going to, to, to complete your obedience, master it. Some of you are extremely consistent, extremely faithful. But do you know if you are tithing, you haven't given anything to God. If you are tithing, you've not given yet. Because the Bible teaches that is not yours in the first place. It says the tithe belongs to who? The Lord. So if you withhold the tithe, that's what the Bible says, withholding the tithe is robbery. You're called a thief because you're keeping back something which belongs to God. A lot of people say, wow, well done, bro, you tithe today. You tithe, but you haven't given. Tithe, I believe this, tithe withholds the devourer. Wherein have you robbed me, declares the Lord, Malachi 3? How? In? Come on, do you know the verse? In? Everyone say, and offerings. People don't complete the verse. They say, we've only robbed God in tithes. No, God says, you've robbed me in tithes and offerings. Tithes withholds the devourer, but offerings opens the windows. You are tested, I believe, you are tested more in how you give by the level of offerings you give because tithing is your, 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 your legal obligation, as it were. Right? You don't need much. All you need is a calculator that works. You don't need much revelation. Get a calculator with batteries. Put your gross salary in. Times 10%. Give that to the Lord. God says, fine, no problem. You've given me back my legal portion. Now let me see the tithe. Let me see now what's on your heart. Now what will you give? Me, my work, my servants. Right? And see how I will bless you. The reason why many people historically haven't been totally blessed from the tithe is because they haven't coupled offerings with their tithe. We don't count the cost when we, when we give. We must give. And we must give sacri sacrificially. Amen? And I want to encourage you. You give. Now you're giving an offering. You don't say, Lord, but I've given my tithe. No. Give. Give liberally. Don't count the cost. And I need to say, by the way, a tithe is 10% of your gross earnings. Hallelujah. Everyone say amen. amen. You know, I've never been more liberated like I'm liberated recently in the areas of finance. Right? Give liberally unto the Lord and see what God does. Amen. What I want you to encourage you to do is, like I encourage you in the WhatsApp message, wait on the Lord as to what will you give to as a contribution, your contribution that's going to cost you. Unless something costs you, it's not a sacrifice. Ralph Elia made the statement when he, when he shared here. He said, with every new level, is no new devil. But he said, every new level is precipitated by a new level of sacrifice. Right? If you want a new level, engage a new level of sacrifice to get to a new level. If you want to reap more, sow more. It's simple. Your harvest will never grow beyond the value and the level of your seed. You're never going to break through a bigger harvest unless you increase your, your seed portion. Don't eat all your seed. Sow your seed. So I want to encourage you, uh, there's been a dip in our tithes and offerings for some reason this month. Uh, January was a very good month, but for some reason, I want to encourage the church, be faithful. Don't use your tithes for personal issues. It's not yours. Don't touch what is holy that should be dedicated unto the Lord. Achan touched it, and he learned the hard way. Okay? Don't, don't learn the hard way. 
Learn the nice way from your spiritual father. Amen. Hallelujah. Everyone say, I want more grace. You know, I said, Lord, I want more grace. I want more grace. And God said, yeah, no problem, bro. I step back. Are you observing these principles? And get the grace of God. Amen. Amen. Get the grace of God. Then, okay, then watch number nine. eh? Obedience to the word, obedience unto death. Remember, we did an extensive series on how various sons obeyed unto their death, like Esther, Methuselah, right? Jesus himself, okay? Uh, David, Joseph, all obeyed spiritual fathers uh, to the point of death. And I want to say this, church, master your obedience. Your obedience is the litmus test of your devotion to God. You can say, I love you all you wanted to Him. But unless you practically obey His word, Nothing much is going to change within your, within your life. The next point, walking with and tracking the development of one spiritual father. This was a whole section we did, right? In the submission section, I think. You track the development of, you watch, you follow, you keep in step. You follow the teachings. You follow close after. Joshua never let Moses out of his sight when Moses went up the mountain, Remember? Many people praise and Lord Moses 40 days with the Lord on the mount. They forget the scripture, just a few verses down that says, and Joshua tracked him, man. Who was also up there for 40 days? Joshua was not too far. His spiritual father was in view. Okay? Remember, Isaac walked up the mountain with his father Abraham when they went to sacrifice. Remember the whole teaching I did on can two walk together unless they be agreed? Okay, ask your neighbor, are you agreeing with your father? So by that I mean, are you walking with him? Are you tracking? Are you obeying? Are you keeping in step with the requirements as we go from week to week? That is a great key for the grace of God. A great key for the grace of God. By Monday, as soon as Pastor Thamel's sermon that he preached at Santon is up on his website, by Tuesday I know it. What am I doing? I'm tracking my... I mean, whatever he's preaching, I'm internalizing that word. And guess what's coming to me? Grace. These are keys. I'm giving you keys for for the impartation and the reception of the grace of of God. Okay? 11. Verbal pronouncement and blessing and impartations. That is really what I wanted to preach today. That's a forthcoming attraction. But let me just say this. Do not underestimate every time I say to you, Grace to you. If I pronounce that, if I verbalize it, either in a salutation or a valediction. A salutation is the opening of a letter. A valediction is the closing of a letter. Paul, whenever he started a letter in the New Testament or closed it, he always said, Grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and the Lord Jesus be to you. Never ever underestimate the power of verbal proclamation and pronouncement of grace, mercy, and peace to you from your oversight. It's a precious thing. Tell your neighbor, it's a precious thing. It's a precious thing to me if my father says to me, I bless you. He said that to me before we went to Uganda. You have my full blessing to go on this monetary trip. And he said, I, over the phone, I Bless you to go. You know what? Then for my vantage point, that's my visa. 
I may have a passport. I may have all my legal documents. But in the spirit, I have greater authorization than anything legally on the earth. All I need was that verbal pronouncement of authorization from someone in God I respect and relate to. Amen? I'm going to bless you in a moment. <laughs> I do it every Sunday. But every time I do it, I want to say, I open my heart. I'm receiving this. If there's grace attendant with this verbal pronouncement, I want whatever grace is attendant with it. I receive it. Yeah, I receive it. I, I bless you. Peace is impartable. Grace is impartable. Even mercy can be imparted. Grace, peace, and mercy. Jesus said, you come into a town, leave your peace on the town. If they don't receive your peace, take your peace back. It's impartable. I can give it to you, and I can take it back. Don't worry, I won't take it back. Right? Hallelujah. Amen. But can you get, the, can you get the, the principle? right? So when someone says, I bless you, grace to you, it's a precious thing. Then, humility, okay, yeah, we have a whole story here. We've got a whole story there on, on the table concerning humility. Maintain your humble posture and deal with your pride. Then, submission, and especially submission to spiritual fathering, okay? Jesus submitted to his spiritual fathers for how long? 18 years, from the age of 12. The Bible says he was in subjection to them. Hupo tasso. For 18 years, and at 30, the heavens opened up when John baptized him. And the heavenly father said, this is my son, a divine endorsement of divine sonship and the authorization to start public ministry. But there was a long, long season, 18 years of him submitting himself to someone that can put his, right, his life in proper order and arrangement. So submission. Everyone say submission. I too am a man of authority. I say, come and he comes, go and he goes. Now you just speak the word. That centurion soldier learned the principle of submission and the attendant power locked up inside of it. Okay? Now, personal purity and practical righteousness. I haven't preached on this yet as a means to accessing grace. I will do shortly, even when the Lord permits me to. But the key text here is Psalm 84 verse 11. The Lord God is a sun and shield. He gives grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Say it again. The Lord God is a sun and is a shield. He gives two things. He gives grace and he gives glory. He gives two things. He gives grace. He gives glory. And it says, no good thing does he withhold from those who walk how? So if you walk circumspectly and you adopt a righteous and holy disposition in your walk with God, guess what? You're going to recruit unto yourself. You're going to recruit grace and glory. He gives grace and glory. Let me just say this. You walk uprightly by grace. You live holy by grace. And that I will teach you. You see, it's imputed to you. Righteousness is given to you. But once imputed righteousness has been received, there's the responsibility to practice righteousness. First John is very clear, right? He who is righteous, who is he who is righteous except he that practices righteous? John says. We've got to practice righteousness. That person is 
righteous. So if you commit to living a clean life, if you commit to living a pure life, if you commit to living a holy life, guess what God is going to give you more of? Come on, talk to me. He'll give you grace. Grace and glory. And he says, I will withhold nothing good from you. Nothing good from you. One of the biggest hindrances to prosperity is hidden sin. There's a proverb that says, he who conceals his transgression will not prosper. If you conceal your transgression, you will not prosper. But the next part of the verse is, but if you, for, for, if you confess and forsake the sin, on him will God have mercy. Okay? So I want to encourage anyone here that's dealing with hidden sin, and you're still entertaining it without any conviction or, or even willingness to repent from this. Know this. You are hindering your own prosperity. If you conceal the sin, you will not prosper. But if you deal with it, you're going to start a prosperous life. And then prayer, or forgiveness. I hope nobody here is living in unforgiveness. We're all freely forgiving those that hurt us. Anybody? Hebrews 12, 15 teaches us very clearly that the grace of God, you will come short of it if you harbor bitterness in your heart. If you still have an enemy... Let me just say this, if you are still hardened and think hard in a hardening fashion, almost with resentment, anger towards someone, you've disqualified yourself from grace reception. I want to encourage you to deal with your bitterness and get over it quickly so that the grace of God can flood your life. Okay? The grace of God can flow and, and flood within your life. Then, pray. How's your prayer life? Yes? Oh, by the way, how's the test so far? I'm just checking on the student. How's the pass rate? Are there more ticks or crosses? Can we proceed? Serious. This is a serious assessment. It is pointless me teaching you another principle if you haven't learned the ones we've already taught. And all I'm saying to you, we have taught you sufficiently enough already. For you to live an overcoming life. All you need to do. Look at me. All you need to do is listen to what I say. It's simple. Listen to me. Obey and get the results. If you have animosity or even rebellion towards me. How I say it or what I say. Immediately you're disqualified. Because I don't speak to you as Randolph Barnwell. I speak to you as your prophet in this house. If Jesus himself was standing here and said, my son, do this, many of you wouldn't have a problem by doing it. But you haven't come to the place where this man is actually the vehicle through whom God is talking. Right? Hallelujah. These are key things. Right? Next. So ask your neighbor, how's your prayer life? Right? So pray much. Pray much. I taught you uh, that prayer accesses grace, based on Hebrews chapter 4. It's a powerful means of getting more grace. Pray. Then, recently we've been doing community, oneness, and hospitality. Right? I want, and it's so encouraging. I heard some reports in this week of people um, uh, hosting the other uh, in the week, and even on Saturdays, etc. Wow, this is really encouraging. Guess what? Every time, you see, it's not about just having people over. We are building a culture. You don't need to do it every single week and overburden yourself. 
do it as often as your means allows you because God sees your heart. Right? But do so with sin, with sincerity. Do so with absolute sincerity of, of heart. Amen. Then, um, financial, giving, first fruits, tithes, and offerings. I've said that. If you want to make a note there, key verse that many people, uh, it's 2 Corinthians, two verses, 8, 9, and 9, 8. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, and 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. 8, verse 9 says, You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. You know grace. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus. He was rich. He became poor for your sake that you through his poverty, you might become rich. Paul says, that's grace. You know that grace. You know grace. How? You know grace by what it does. It's rich. It impoverishes himself to make others rich. That's grace. So grace, when it's present, knows how to inconvenience itself to convenience her. Another. It knows how to give. That's why I really believe I've, the grace to prosper has come upon me. I'm affirming a reality. I will teach you to prosper. Who wants to learn? I will show you. And, but I require one thing. If you simply listen, your life will never be the same again. You will not function in financial fear all your life. Okay? Paul said Titus, the Corinthians says, I will send this man to you because, and he will complete what you lack in the grace of giving. Paul called giving a grace, the grace of giving. People don't give because they're grace deficient. But giving also is designed as a means to increase grace. The next verse, 9.8 says, my favorite, favorite, favorite verse in reference to grace and giving. And God is able to make, everyone say all grace. All grace abound to you so that always, say always, say all sufficiency, say in all things or everything. You may abound, have an abundance for all or every good work. The word all there appears in its forms five times. And what is five? The number of? I mean, who would like this verse to work in their lives? Who would like this verse to work in their lives? I want to see your hands. Would like this verse to work in your life. This verse is the most powerful thing. You know what? It covers every detail of your life. Watch. All grace, not some, all grace, right? Always, never a time when it's lacking. Always, all sufficiency, the resource needed to get the job done in all things. Nothing lacking, right? And you may have an abundance for all or all good work. Does that cover every all thing? Yes. This verse is powerful. But you know where this verse is located? In a chapter that is speaking about financial giving. Paul's speaking about financial giving and he somehow breaks out. And God is able to make all grace. One of the greatest ways to access grace to empty your pockets. Give. First fruits. Tithes. Offerings. I taught first fruits in Uganda. That was my brief. They said, come on, come to us and teach us kingdom economics. So I spoke for 16 sessions for one and a half hours per session on kingdom economics. When we came to the matter of first fruits, 
all warfare broke out. I phoned Renee. Uh, when I got back to the, my hotel, I went to rest. There was two hours in the afternoon to rest for me. I said, hey, there's something, I just, like a thickness. I can't be teaching, but there's warfare in the atmosphere. I didn't realize that whole region, that whole region where we were, hasn't heard about first fruits. Don't know what it is. There was one or two pastors there that assimilated us. And I was speaking to 250 leaders. Right? So I said to her, there's definitely uh, warfare in the spirit. I said, I'm not going to, my father in the Lord taught me, ignore it. Just ignore it. Just carry on teaching. We got back in the evening and we did another long session and broke. There was like tremendous breakthrough. Something cracked in the spirit. For the rest of that week, talking to the pastors, there was a whole saying buying into the principle. Right? Whole saying buying into the principle. You know what was God wanting? God was wanting to release unprecedented grace upon that region. And he wanted leaders. It's amazing how leaders are tight-fisted. <laughs> it's amazing. We can encourage others to give, but we ourselves are, can be very poor in giving. So I challenge the leaders. We have no authority to speak on giving if we ourselves are not givers. Okay? So be the best giver you can. You have no idea what can come to you if you are faithful. Remember Dr. Sega said to us? You want this thing about favor? Easy. Just be faithful. Be faithful. Right? And, and honor your leader. Be faithful. Be regular. Be consistent. And see what God does for you. See what God does for you. I want to encourage you. Uh, Sean Bluchnote, when he first came to us, we were, I think, our first year at the church in Morod. Remember, some of you were there, and he came. It was one Sunday meeting, and he said this to us. He said, I still got the prophecy. He said, the DNA and the culture over this house is wealth. That's what he said, is wealth. And the Lord reminded me of that. I am determined to get every single one of you prosperous. I will teach you the word of the Lord. It's going to come via two streams. It's going to come by teaching principles, and it's going to come by the principle of impartation. But let me just say this to you as a prophecy. Your broke days are over. Your struggling days are over. If you accept what I'm saying as a mouthpiece of God, if, if you embrace the principles we are about to enter, I'm telling you, you will not lack another day in your life. You're going to come to a new place of breakthrough, and we will not lack any finances we need to accomplish the will of the Lord in our day. Come on, do you believe that? This is your inheritance, declares the Lord. Nobody can say, I am grace enriched and still struggle. Grace by its very nature will make you buoyant and overcomer in life. And I love that verse. You will have, uh, God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that you at all times and all places, having all sufficiency, will abound unto all or every good work. That's a powerful place to be. Not so? It's a powerful place to be. Amen. But can I ask you to do something? I'm not going to go to this again. I did this for your benefit. But can I have a commitment from you that this is not going to go? We fold it now. (laughs) In a cabriole in a car and forgotten about it. Can I ask you to do your own assessment? Right? 
You see, you can look to the rest of the things, very important stuff there. I mean, 22, eh? 23, the whole thing of favor. We discussed the favor of the Lord. Some things are repeated. But if you want to walk in favor, have you mastered those things? And then more importantly on page 2 and 3, you know, I only realized when I did this list that we've discussed 50 expressions of pride. There are 50 indicators of pride here. Okay? From page 2 and 3. Uh, remember, God will resist the proud, but He will give grace to the humble. And let me say this to you, brethren, there are 50 subtle expressions of pride. If any one of these 50 things are in your life, it's going to push grace away from you. Right? I'm longing for the day where we can have all got ticks, 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 in a good sense. I've mastered that. You know? Oh, such powerful things here. House number 30. You have a problem with number 30? How's number 44? Shan, do you hate anybody? Sure. Just checking as your teacher. Because I want to graduate you to the next level. There's graduation shortly, guys. You're all coming? I want to graduate the class seriously in the spirit. I want to graduate you to the next level of the release of the word of the Lord. Listen carefully. I don't want to ever address these issues again. Why don't we as a church say, okay, Pastor Randolph, I agree. I take this. I master this. It's done. It's a done deal. Never, ever in your life, in my relationship with you again, will you ever have to speak to me about anything on this page. Whatever you, you can go on to speak to higher issues. And let me just say, I think there are more profound issues we need to speak and teach on. Never, ever again. Do I want to teach about another sermon about bitterness, unforgiveness? We must simply master it and graduate to the next level. I say it seriously. I announce a graduation in the spirit for this house. I announce that today we will leave elementary things and we go on to more profound things in Christ. Amen. I prophesy over you that great grace will attend you. That you will prosper as your soul prospers, and that you will be in good health. All your needs will be catered for. Your greatest passion will be to do the will of your Father and to represent Him accurately in the world. You will have no shortage of anything you need to fulfill the plan of God for your life or for the work of God. God will give you, what the Bible says, if you study, please, if, you, if I were you, I'd get 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the two long chapters in the New Testament about finances under my belt. I would read it, read it, get the principles in me so I can, I can. One of the things Paul says there, that God doesn't only give bread to the eater. He even gives seed to the sower to sow more seed. Yeah? Who's going to trust God with me that your level of sowing is going to increase? I speak an increase of your level of sowing. If you are comfortable with sowing an X amount, I'm saying trust God to even double it. You know? Trust God to go beyond what you're presently comfortable with. Right? Go beyond and see what God does. Amen. So lift up your hands. I'm going to bless you quickly. By pronounce, I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I bless you with the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and brings no sorrow with it. I, I declare that your latter will be greater than your former days. You will be enriched in everything for good works 
by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I speak a richness to your spirit. I speak strength to your bones, health to your body, soberness to your mind, desire to your spirit for spiritual things. I declare it will be well with you. I pray the Lord will protect you. I pray the Lord will keep you. I decree and declare over you, uh, uh, no ill physically will befall any one of you, your children or your families, even your extended families. I speak the pavilion of the Lord and the God's protection over them now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray great breakthroughs for you in your spiritual growth to the next level. I pray sight where you cannot see a reality. Let your eyes be open now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be opened eyes in Jesus' name. I speak that you will be prosperous. You will be full. Your heart will thrill with joy when the wealth of Gentiles come to you to administrate. Arise, shine, for your light has come, church, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It will be well with you. It will be well with your children. It will be well with your children's children. It is the Lord's desire not just to grant you success, but to give you good success in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.